0: Hi, I'm Darren Steele, and this is a special edition of the Think Queerly podcast. I'm going to be recasting an episode where I was actually the one being interviewed on 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, which is hosted by my friend and colleague, Rick Clemens. So this is 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, episode 180, Living an Inspired Life After 40. Me. Me. (laughs) Wow. When did I fall into this category of being interviewed on a podcast because of my age? If you ever feel challenged to live an inspired queer life, or if you feel aimless and you're not sure what's next, well, listen in, because we together go over some of the challenges that show up in life as we're older, and we take a deep dive into self-mastery and ideation, And what kind of inspired action do we need to take to live our most powerful lives as gay men over 40? Now specifically Rick's podcast does focus on gay men. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I share a lot of personal stories and things that have been going on in my life over the last couple of months. This is a side of me that you might not necessarily get to always hear. Enjoy
1: my career sucks sex just isn't the same what's my purpose where did this fat come from my relationship is killing me i'll never be happy my debt is piling up i'll never find love why can't i be like other gay guys Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move and do something amazing with your 40 plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell it like it is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. So you're a gay guy who's like, uh, oh, I kind of got it all together, but I don't really got it all together, but I'm really trying to like manage myself and take care of myself but I really keep finding myself not taking the right steps or the right action whether it's career or relationships or whatever it may be but what if you could actually start to master all of this or even one piece of it because the domino effect will start to happen and I'm really excited to have somebody who's been in my world for a few years now on this podcast he's been on life uncloseted he's stepping in today with us to really talk about how do you empower yourself as a queer man whether you're bi gay whatever it may be to really take those steps into self-mastery into self-care into being able to ideate what it is you really truly want So quite honestly, you can take the fucking right action. I'm just going to go there because that's what's important. His name is Darren Steele. He's a fellow podcaster. He's a neuro coach, which we're going to talk about how that works versus like, hey, we're just doing coaching. It's all neurology. I'm just telling you folks it all is, but um, I'm really looking forward to having him on the podcast. So Darren, welcome, man. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. So great to see you and speak with you, Rick. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and I love what you're doing in this realm of you know really stepping in and embracing a not just gay men like queer men, queer creatives, queer leaders, because I think this interesting word, self mastery. Let's just go there. Mm-hmm. It's something we've all tried to do, but suddenly, you know, hey, the personal development field coined this thing however many years ago. And suddenly it's kind of a hot button word, kind of like authenticity. But to me, it is such an empowering thing yeah. because when we can master ourselves and guys, we're not talking BDSM, but hey, if that's your thing, cool. But (laughs) it kind of is because you kind of have to kind of have to like kick yourself in the ass into this stuff. Like I'm mastering this. I'm mastering my Mm -hmm. consciousness. I'm mastering my thoughts. I'm mastering, you know, how I show up in the world. Mm-hmm. It begins to change everything. So, kind of give us like you've been doing this work for a while, but this is a really strong focus that I'm. I'm so glad to see you doing. So, what moved yeah. you into this, man?
0: Yeah, well, personal growth as a word is kind of odd, right? Because if we're yeah. not growing, we're dead. So it sort of it seems like a rhetorical device. Self mastery. You know, has a different ring to it. It may put some people off because it may sound almost like that s m joke you were referring to being like too, oh my God, I'm going to go down that path of making an even deeper joke, being too That's anal. Okay. Um, <laughs> but self-mastery in a sense of there are practices and there are principles and there are behaviors call them habits that when we can master those things, make life easier. And, and ease comes from efficiency and efficiency comes from, you know, we can't control our emotional drives like hunger or libido or thirst, but we can manage our feelings, our perceptions of those things. So the person that has no self-mastery might fly off the handle all of the time or might wonder why they're being triggered by a particular situation or might complain about why they're not accepted for who they are. Um, and there could be outside forces that are are really coming down that are, you know, creating oh, no, no, external no, no. issues, no, right?
1: There's no outside forces going on on the planet. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's yeah. nothing's triggering any of us these days. So... Yeah.
0: But I think it's, for me, it's a connection between personal responsibility, which could have kind of like a a moral leaning towards it. But it's about taking ownership and saying, hey, if I'm not getting what I want in the world, well, the common denominator is me. And it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me because we're not wrong and we're not broken, but we can practice it's like the carpenter that first learns how to handle the planing tool to take off little Uh bits of wood well they're going to do it like shit at the beginning until they become like effortless at it and it looks so smooth well just like we practice any aspect of behavior or mastering a habit it's the same principle there's the desire and the commitment and then there's the the going out and doing it, and then there's right. the measurement. Oh, are people responding to me in a better way, or in the way in which I want them to?
1: Well, exactly. And your background in nutrition and fitness—I mean, I come some from that too. I mean, I'm not as mm-hmm. put together as you are, but I mean, back in the day when I was spin instructor, and I, I have a oh, background wow. in dietetics and nutrition, which I never did <laughs> shit with. Just just drew confessions there, guys. <laughs> but but it is, and even as I'm even as I'm working through like getting back on track post COVID and all this sort of stuff and Mm. had some health issues last year and I'm getting old. I'm falling apart. Let's, (laughs) let's just be real. (laughs) Just getting old shit. Isn't fun. But um, it, it, there is a lot of like, it's just self mastery. It's like putting the intention. Like even this morning I was like, okay, I, I literally have just gotten over COVID and I'm like, okay, I've been out getting walks in and all that throughout the time I had it to kind of, I'm like, but I haven't been in the swimming pool. And this morning I'm like, okay, I got an hour and a half this morning before I dive in and do everything I got to do today. And I won't be done till six 30 this evening. Now I could have said just stay in bed, <laughs> just lay in bed, you know? And I'm like, no, but that's not it. That's not getting me into the action that I'm trying to get back into of being consistently active again, you know? And of course, as soon as I jumped in the pool, first I walked into the pool and they've changed the lanes. I'm used to like across the pool, not the full length of the pool, but I never swim in the morning. So then I'm like, oh, they must do this in the morning. Of course, I'm like, well, this wasn't what I wanted to do. (laughs) I didn't want to go the whole length of the pool. And of course, it was colder. You know, it's like, oh, it's chilly swimming first thing in the morning versus in the afternoon or the evenings. But I knew you and I were going to have this conversation. I was literally sitting there on the edge of the pool going, but this is what self-mastery is all about you master the ability to move past the emotions you might be feeling or, or the lovely little excuses. Yeah. You're making one. Yeah. I don't want to jump in the pool. You know, I did, but kind of isn't cry. it amazing? I did kind how... of cry like that on the pool. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, kind of.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing how easy it is to break a habit that yes. one, you, you probably really enjoyed, mm-hmm. but because you're taken out, by uh by COVID, suddenly it's like oh why is this so hard to get right into oh my gosh i was out walking last week and i mean it's i
1: wasn't going on a huge long walk i mean there's one little trail i take that's like a mile and a half by my house and then if i do the longer trail it's like three miles i'm like well the lungs are you know they're kind of heavy right now let's just go out Oh, my God. By the time I was a quarter of a mile and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. But I'm like, no, just push through, you know, like, a, you know, I could go into that habitual like not going to do it. Oh, no, no. But I'm so glad I did because I know that what I did last week actually contributed to me, even though I only swam for like 20 minutes this morning. If I hadn't done that last week, I probably would have been in the pool for five minutes, 10 at the most going, I can't breathe, you know, so I think these are things about self mastery. And also I love the word ideation and it's always one that like trips people up. Right. But I love that word because people are like, well, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, yeah. well, it's kind of like, like just imagine yourself as a Disney imagineer. You have this idea and you bring it into being, you know, and I, it's, mm-hmm. I know it's not that simple, but um, so let's kind of go there too. Like you, sure. I know you work with people around. Okay. So we know we need to master these things, but what yeah. what good is self-mastery if you don't know
0: what you're working towards? Exactly. Well, uh, ideation is a big thing for me. I mean, I've always been an ideas person, a thinker, and, and not just a thinker. Definitely always wanted to try and put these different ideas into play. And you know, the the great gift to have of like more ideas than I know what to do with. Right. But it's also sometimes really frustrating because mm-hmm. uh, it was until maybe a year and a half ago where I just discovered these like personal uh, management or knowledge management systems like right. Rome where it's kind of like a second brain. It's like, oh yeah, I can finally like flesh out ideas so I won't forget them so that I could narrow in and focus in on on the single one. But ideation... For me, I've, I've played with it. It's like idea, the first uh, four letters mm-hmm. for insight, direction, and emotional alignment. So, like, right, working together with a client in, in a thinking partnership sort of way to get out the ideas, the formulation of ideas, which is all great, but ideas are useless. Yep. unless they take shape unless you can act on them in some way so if you can get the biggest insight out of your ideation experience or call it brainstorming right and then to get that emotional alignment that is the the connection that's going to give you the motivation because we can't motivate someone else we can inspire someone else but we could be self-motivated and motivation is is movement that comes from that emotional commitment that desire of how much you you know how efficiently have you ever done something in life that you didn't want to do right like exactly oh it's like it's like you're trying to like drag yourself along right but when you really want to do something you you show up when the shit hits the fan you show up when it's really hard right or you know, going back to your your swimming thing, like if you've broken a habit, it's like, what's the smallest okay, I can swim right. one lane, and then you go right. swim one right. lane, and you're like, "Hell, I'm gonna swim right. another one, and then I'm gonna swim another one, okay, and then I'm done, you know yeah, yeah yeah, but i I think but that's, that's-
1: actually that is actually what happened this morning, you yeah. know I'm like, okay, well, first of all, just walking in and like, okay, we're doing full length, you know, versus across the pool, right. I'm like, okay, that could have been like, okay, not going to make it happen. But I'm like, okay, well, what can I do? You know, not that I'm a good swimmer. I mean, I I was a lifeguard. So it's not like I don't know how to swim, but I also am being very cognizant of my own abilities right now. Like, I need to be very careful swimming right now because I know my chest is still like trying to like recoup, right? I'm like, well, then swim half the length of the pool. Just get right to the edge of the deep end and then just turn around, right? But I had to ideate that into my being like, wait, now I could have gone the full length. I probably would have rested at each end and then come back. Right. But I created the idea of what I can do. And then I'm like, OK, let's just go. Right. And oh yeah, as soon as I jumped in, it was a little cold. But, you know, a couple of like quick turnarounds and like, OK, it's warm. Right. But this is the thing I don't think most people get is like it's one thing to have an idea. It's a whole nother thing to formulate it. You can have an idea. I mean, if Disney, Disney would not exist if they just like, Oh, let's pretend that let's create a castle, you know, let's, wouldn't it be fun to have a Cinderella castle? That if that's all they did, Disneyland would not exist. In fact, mm-hmm. none of the beautiful things that I think happen in our beautiful planet would exist without the idea going into formation mm-hmm. and even, okay, so let's just, you know, I don't think our gay world would be in existence had we not moved it into the formation of we have rights. Yeah. We have uh, you know, being who we are, stonewall and all that stuff to help move our gay right movements forward. So, but here's what I see happening. And 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 for all you guys that are listening that I know, because both Darren and I have clients like all of you, where suddenly you have this idea, oh, I want to go start my own business. Mm-hmm. Or I wanna mo- I wanna move up the ladder. Okay, great. What are you gonna do with it? How are you going to move that into action? That's yeah. where ideation really happens. So so when you're oh, so working with someone in that space, man, what,
0: what starts to happen? Like, how do you move them forward? Well, interestingly, um, and if you hear some banging, they're unfortunately deciding to do do laying of the floor in the unit above me. It's been quiet all morning until now. That's okay.
1: I mean, (laughs) Hey, this is live. This is live podcast. This is So This is what we do. Right. I'm like, is Darren (laughs) jerking off under the desk? I mean, hello, man, (laughs) you know, enjoy yourself,
0: you know, big heavy watch going on. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just, I was working with a client this morning who, um, I started work with, uh, early last year. And, um, or was it the, the year before? Anyway, they came to me with an idea. Um, and, you know, I'm not disclosing anything um, private or anything here. Uh, that they wanted to launch uh, an LGBTQ inclusive cricket club. And it was such an interesting conversation because it hadn't started. It was an idea. They, they've mm-hmm. loved cricket all their life. They've played it. Um, but they felt that there, there was this aspect that was missing. And it would be right. the first of its kind. And not only was it, you know, what are the steps that need to be taken? And, you know, he had many ideas of what needed to be done, but the the, the process involved so many aspects of like, well, what would be the first best steps to take right. and who do you need to organize first and, and talking that through and getting the clarity about, you know, the sequence, because otherwise it's such a big idea in the sense of, bigger than him. And those are the best ideas to have because those are the ones that challenge us and are risky and are scary. If If an idea is kind of scary, it means it's a challenge. It means it's something that if you can really find the way to organize it and whoever else to become involved with it, it's hopefully going to be something wonderful. But right down to the larger more complex conversations about what kind of leadership, what kind of an ethos to create for the club environment to create that as an LGBTQ LGBTQ inclusive, mm-hmm. even the economic side, because cricket ain't cheap, honey. Right. And right. so looking at that, looking at trans and inclusivity and, mm-hmm. and how you know individuals must show up and respect others and so many layers, but I just remember the process from just an idea to getting the first few people to have a conversation, to then actually having their first meeting, right. to then actually letting people know, to then actually having the first game, to then finding somebody who's going to volunteer to train the team in tactics right. and technical. You know. And when you think of all those things, as I've just said them, It's overwhelming to think that Mm -hmm. through in an hour. No, it takes time, but the ideation is the spark. Mm -hmm. And then if it's literally like, if it's think of a birthday cake with a hundred candles on it, like you, you're going to start by lighting the one candle. Right. But also I
1: think the thing that's interesting about this is each step. It has to be inspired. You have, I like, as you look at it, like why, why is the cricket club important? Keep that inspiration to you. Cause I, I you know, you, you and I haven't talked in a couple, few years, but I work mm-hmm. now with, uh, in addition to my private practice, <clears throat> excuse me, I actually also coach um, professional speakers who are wanting to build a professional speaking business. And just like coaches, oh, I can't wait to be on stage. I can't wait to have impact. I just want to go. Yeah, bitch. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah. But why? But why? And you do realize this is a business. So if you can't be inspired by every step of what the business takes, you're not going to make it. And this isn't a negativity thing, guys, that we're sharing here with. This is like think about, okay, organizing like, okay, what's the club going to be about? What's inspiring that? How are you going to get members? What's inspiring that? What are you going to do with find volunteers to help you? Keep the inspiration as part of the spark, because if you don't, so like even go back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. Like if you're wanting to go for that job, you know, that job higher up than where you're at in your company, get really clear on what that looks like. okay, and then start putting the steps into place. But don't let the steps be the thing that if it's not the step isn't inspiring you. You better find the step that does, because this is not how it isn't easy to do this stuff, just like writing a book. I mean, and and it should be actually that it's not even the
0: steps, right? It is it is the yeah, it is that intangible inner motivation. Like you said, the the inspiration or the spark because there will be some steps that will be fun there will be some right. steps that will be easy and there'll be some steps that'll be like hell no i'm not oh. right. <laughs> okay so and you, we can you do we it can use, <laughs> we can use me as a really
1: great example right now so book number two it is everybody who listens to this podcast they're like shut the fuck up rick we've been hearing about book number two right it is laying here on my desk i started writing it literally february of whatever 2019 right as covid was about to explode right I was on a cruise ship. I wrote out the outline, all this sort of stuff you would have thought during the first year of COVID, this thing would have been done. Right. But then God bless my work went bonkers. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm so busy right now. So I kept putting the book aside, putting the book aside. Well, last holiday season. I know because the company I do work for now, we, we shut down completely the week between Christmas and New Year's. So it's like a free week's vacation. I'm like, I, this bitch is getting done. <laughs> this book is going to be done no matter what I do. And it did. It got done. But as I was finishing the last few chapters, I'm like, oh, my goodness, these chapters sound and feel so differently than what I started. This whole thing got has got to get re-edited. So here it sits and here it sits and here it sits. But what I realized while I was sitting in Costa Rica thinking, "Eh, I could work on this, right? I'm not inspired right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not inspired for some reason to bring this book into fruition. And what I realized as I was sitting there was because it doesn't sound like me. So this is why I have to go do the step (laughs) of editing and re ideating what the book needs to be. It needs to sound more like Rick. It needs to be yeah. sassy and smartassy. Yeah. And when I get to be sassy and smartassy, I'm inspired. I have fun. And I also know for me, Darren, that's when I actually have impact. Yeah. Not everybody's going to like me. Uh, that's OK. If you don't like me, turn this off right now. Quit listening. Right. I'm OK with that. But I think this is that's a really good example of that. Ideation has had, had to be reworked for me. So I'm like, OK, now let's go.
0: Right. So Do you have that on a post-it note on your on your draft topic. <laughs> this has got to be sassy. I mean, because what I'm I'm thinking, what I'm seeing with you is like, my gosh, just get out your microphone, get out the draft, and then start reading from it and make it sassy, maybe for a chapter. Right. And then then listen back. And you could even just like send it through Otter AI or something and get it transcribed. And then if you feel like I'm on track, maybe you just need to book off two weeks and go, fine, I'm not picking up the phone, not answering a Zoom call. I'm just editing. Yep.
1: Yep, you're reading my mind. You're reading yeah. my mind, you know, and, but, um, and that's what I love about it. Is now, you know, I needed. Okay, so I needed vacation number one. <laughs> Let's yeah, just be yeah. honest. I needed a vacation to like re see the world through a different lens. Of course, then I come mm-hmm. back to the lovely United States and all the bullshit we're mm-hmm. going through right now. But um, I needed that break because I was so up in my weird little head. But back to self mastery. If I hadn't learned some practices about, it's okay, go be in your head. Go, go, go explore what's going on. Go have that conversation with yourself. And I remember the one afternoon in Costa Rica when it was pouring down rain all afternoon. I was totally like, oh, this is so cool. Just lay here, listen to the rain because, hey, we're not getting rain here in California. Um, that's when the thoughts started crossing my mind like, okay, so what is it that needs to kind of happen here? What is it that's not in sync? And I'd literally laid there. Hubby was sound asleep. I'm like, this is kind of nice. I'm letting this like just kind of go, right? But have I not realized that this is how I practice self-mastery is asking questions and being curious and yeah. asking why not and what if and why is this important to you? I mean, I had a two and a half hour like little fucked up therapy session with myself that actually wasn't really fucked up. It was the greatest thing to help me like, okay, cool. Now we're ready to go, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think enough gay men, okay, people in general, I'm really going to dial into our gay brothers. I don't think they let themselves step into that exploratory space enough, whether it's about relationships or work or what's most important to them or what's inspiring them. They don't give themselves that space. So I'm going to go somewhere that you shared with me Mm -hmm. before we came on the air that you actually had kind of this experience just recently at Pride where you just like... I just let go and open myself back
0: up. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, the, uh, pride I'm, I'm in Toronto, Canada, so pride weekend just happened. And, you know, like most places, it was like the first time in three years and oh my gosh, we had the most amazing weather and there's this wonderful outdoor festival that happens at the the 519 community center. It's not, not affiliated with pride, but they, they do a lot of uh, community outreach and support services for the community specifically for LGBTQ and it's a big fundraiser. So, um, you know, I have been or had been dealing with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety, stuff around my business, stuff around like too many ideas, not sure what to do with them. And then trying to balance out like increasing revenues and this and it like literally like trying to we can only coach ourselves so much when it's like trying to see the forest through the trees. Right. That's why we hire coaches, because we need that impartial observer that can help us through. But so you know, I decided, oh, it's been, it's been years. I'm going to enjoy a little Molly and just danced away the afternoon. And it was the combination of the gorgeous, gorgeous weather, being able to dance outside, being out with friends, you know, getting that dopamine hit in excess Mm -hmm. and I just felt like I had months worth of therapy because for the first time, like I had been trying to release my stress. I had been trying Mm, to get mm -hmm. my anxiety under control and I don't like suffer anxiety on a regular basis, but it was, it was so, it was an important realization for me because sometimes we do need a little help, uh, whether that be through some actual medication from a doctor when you're just spiraling or in, in too much, um, drama in your in your mind, or you do need some therapy, or you do need some coaching. And I don't think I realized how much I needed this escape, not to escape permanently, but just that right. temporary respite, that total mm-hmm. and complete recovery. And I think the lessons I learned, Rick, one of them was I haven't been exercising myself enough. I, I don't feel the physical pain. I was feeling for about two weeks. I hold my stress in, in the back of my ribs, um, and I have been literally like sore to the touch for weeks, it, it just it, warning signs that I knew, but I wasn't, I was like, I'm too busy to pay attention to that right now. It's like, that's a stupid right. fucking thing to think, Darren, <laughs> but I still <laughs> thought it anyway. And it, it just, I'm so like glad that this happened because I feel like, wow, it's given me a couple of days to, to catch up. And to mm-hmm. go like, what, what really does matter? There are things of concern that I have to deal mm-hmm. with in my own life and business. There are things of concern that I want to put my attention to for what's happening in the world. Yep. But at the same time, I have to have this balance. Because if, if you want to stand up for, for justice and, and and rights, and but also being of service to other people, you can't burn yourself out. You can't allow the stress or the anxiety to take hold. And if it has, then it's okay to say, I need a little help. However, that may show up, you know? um, And it's just, it's a nice place to be on the other side to have some perspective. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, (laughs) it is. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, I mean, okay, let's just go back and blame it all on COVID. Right. But, I think, well, I think COVID helped us gain perspective, but I think it also contributed to us losing perspective Mm -hmm. because our lovely little human minds, as much as some people are like, no, I'm
0: a total introvert. Well, you still need people, okay? You still need need acceptance and connection and care. That that can't be got on Zoom. We need that Mm -mm. undefinable, intangible energy that we get, even if we're just two feet in front of somebody else. But, you know, to to mention it, like the first night out on Thursday night at Pride, I found myself sort of holding myself back. Now, we've been on lockdown for a little while, but I still felt like there's so many people here and I don't have people anxiety, but it was still... Somebody said, Well, why? We've been on a lockdown for a long time. I said, Well, because we've been trained for the last two years to keep mm-hmm. our distance. So we've been repatterned. And now I'm needing to like consciously be aware that I need to shift that pattern. Right.
1: Well, I mean, okay. So let's go back to like Costa Rica. Yeah. It was the first, I mean, we don't do a lot of all gay vacations, but we have. Mm-hmm. And this just kind of happened to show up and we're like, Hey, this is a perfect fit. We want to get out of town. I mean, we want to get out of the country. wasn't like, Hey, wow, we're, we're planning to go to Costa Rica this year. It was like, Oh, it showed up. Right. And I found myself, Hey, I was joyful to be around a bunch of gay men, mostly gay men. There were a few lesbians there too, but I also found myself going, I don't quite know. (laughs) I don't quite know how to do this. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, I'm, I've, I'm not saying I'm old because I'm not, I'm older, but I'm not done yet, folks. But even there was like, OK, and then one of the most amazing things that I found for myself was, yes, there were tea dances and fun, crazy parties and, you know, asses hanging out of jocks, all this sort of stuff. It was fun. I wouldn't I, I would say on the sexual scale, it was on a scale of one to 10. It was probably a sexual energy of six, maybe seven. So it wasn't all about that, of course. But I also found myself stepping in this beautiful place of I'm enjoying this, but I don't have to be part of everything that's happening. Right. But there was also a piece of when I first got there, I'm like, do I remember how to? Do I remember how to be
0: sociable? <laughs> yeah.
1: Because yes, we're kind of back in the world, but this is kind of a and it wasn't a big group either. It wasn't like getting yeah. on one of the mega ships and like there's three thousand gay men, and you're like, oh my god, it was a couple hundred people. But it it proved again. I kind of had to go into my own self-mastery of like, okay, well, wait, hold on. You know how to do this. You've done this before. How you do it now may be different. And again, in a weird way, I was re-ideating how I wanted to be gay in this situation, right? I mean, I'm gay, so it's just how I wanted to show up. Everything from, hey, I'm just wearing regular swim trunks. Okay, a couple of times I wore a square, you know, nice little square trunk sort of thing not a speedo i'm not a speedo guy i'm a big guy but even then i'm like i'm just going to be me and again there's the self-mastery there's ideation i didn't let myself go oh my gosh you're horrible because you don't fit it's so many interesting things that i think we as gay men we suddenly don't go step into these re-ideation spaces enough to go well okay Mm -hmm. but how do i want to be now how do i want to be now in fact i was interviewing another guest this past week and he speaks on sexual health which, guys, if you're, well, if you're listening, that one was last week's episode, so go back and listen to it. But um, he said one of the things that happened, he's not a gay guy, he's a straight guy. Beautiful black man, by the way. <laughs> Just saying. Um, But it was interesting to hear him say about our sexual health and practices, like, one of the things we miss is, like, accepting this is where I am now. Right. This is where I am now. This is where I am now. He goes, as men... We tend to think the junk's going to be always like this, and this is going to be the libido. And all. he goes, we have to accept we are in certain spaces as we move through life. And yeah. I found that really valuable. And, and to what you do and helping queer creatives and leaders and men in general, it's like, I think that's part of this self-mastery ideation and being inspired in where, where you're going is realize, here's where you are now. That doesn't mean you don't move forward that doesn't mean you can't be something else tomorrow and the next day and the next day so
0: it's like the glass half full you know when you say it that way i'm 56 and you know i've noticed since or i started to unfortunately whatever early 40s 43 ish i started to notice my decline in my libido it was still pretty good but um I struggled with that for a little bit. I thought, okay, maybe I'll do like the testosterone gel. Well, everybody reacts to medication differently. It turned out that it shot my prostate levels up through the roof. I was like at mm. danger level. And my doctor was like, oh, we're going to need to do a biopsy. And I'm like, no, you're not sticking. Like, so, but I went off the testosterone and within like three months, I was right back down to like exceptionally low levels for my age. Like go right. figure. So the, two points. I realized what can I do with my diet, my exercise and any other nutritional sub- supplements and my mind, my self-mastery around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sexual performance, but also how I feel about it. And the more I got comfortable with it, it was like certain levels started to return to not where they used to be, but better because, and also I wasn't feeling anxious about it, which is the ultimate boner kill, right? Right. hmm But the glass half empty metaphor, I was very sexually active in my, my my peak, I would say, was in my 30s. I think there was less, you know, coming into maturity and realizing like what I can do and what I can have sort of thing. But it took up a lot of my time and. So when one thing maybe starts declining or there's just a general like uh, libido drop, so that's not driving some of your actions and patterns and behaviors, well, it makes space for other things. Mm -hmm. And like... Your observations of being in Costa Rica, my observations watching people at Pride, and it's like, oh, there was lots of great eye candy and just watching right. people, but feeling so relaxed about it. I didn't feel like I had to chase anyone or anything. I mean, I was there with my partner. And if it's right. like, I said, it's like, if there's someone that catches your fancy and you want to have fun, go ahead. Like, I don't right. have a problem with that. But both of us were just so content. And there's mm. something valuable in that word there is contentment right contentment with where you are now Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have to give up it may mean some things are not as easy or as viable as they used to be but what things are viable Mm -hmm. or easy or more interesting or give you more joy right well and i love
1: the word contentment because i've seen that in my life a whole lot recently um well i mean my husband and i moved to where we live now 5 years ago and it was a very intentional move of downsizing number one I mean mm. we went from like a big home 3000 square foot um to like 1250 but it was yeah. very intentional but we're very well <laughs> I'm going to say we're very content then I'm going to caveat it we could use just a little more room right mm. but the simplicity of what we stepped into and in the simpler life has has such a beautiful impact on who we are as people Mm. and living where we get to live right here on the California coast. um, We always joke about when we go to LA now, it's like we, we, yes. Okay. So it's, it's a catch 22. We love where we live, very small community, 30,000 population explodes to like 50,000 when, when the cute little college guys show up, Um, but we'll go to LA like, okay, let's go get some culture and some life. And as soon as we get to LA, it's like, get us the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> so it's that thing. But overall, I would say I feel so much more relaxed. And I think, honestly, for me, this is why I believe my business exploded is I wasn't like, okay, go get it. Just rush it. Let's do it. I started really relaxing into, okay, so what kind of clients do I want? And who, how, do, how hard do I want to work to get those kind of clients? What do I actually need? And it was a big, again, self mastery of re identifying, okay, how do I want to be with this? Right. That I think opened up the doorways. And I haven't ever shared this a lot, but I I had a huge amount of debt that piled up for lots of different reasons. And because I stepped into a whole new ideation of how I wanted to be in the world and I put some really inspired action to what it looked like to be debt free. And I'm talking some big, I'm talking a six figure debt. Okay. It's barely a six-figure debt. <laughs> it's done. I'm done. Because I re-established what self-mastery uh, you know, not that I was spending. There, there was lots of stuff that happened, lots of expenses that we didn't anticipate. But I reimagined my relationship with money. I reimagined what it meant to be a successful business owner. I reimagined what it meant to be very powerful in the work that i do i had this box like i'm a coach it has to be my own business it has to be all this which it still is i I feel so blessed that i I still have a a thriving private practice but then when i gave into my ego and told my ego to go fuck off basically and say but what would it look like if i actually took this talent and did this with someone else Hmm. some other company that's when the doors started to really open because guess what happened? I started working for them, but I also said, okay, so that means I'm reducing my personal business, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be very intentional about the kind of you know, clients I bring in. And it kind of comes full circle to this whole conversation we've had about his self mastery, the ideation, and then inspired action. Mm-hmm. I took very inspired action for the last couple of years of like, I'm getting rid of this debt. I'm doing these things. I'm being very focused on it. Now, Granted, it probably helped that we were in the midst of COVID and I couldn't go spend any fucking money. So, yes. yeah. you know, but I also knew intentionally I was really going to think carefully about what I did, you know? And I think that's a good example, again, of like how you do this. So, um, so as we come kind of full circle here, man, what would be the thing that you say when you work with people, when they're struggling, quote unquote, struggling through some of this stuff? Like yeah. what would be the thing that you do to like really kickstart them into like going through this process of the self mastery, the ideation, the mm. then inspired action, like, because, you know, I know as a coach, there's a certain like spark we got to get, but what's mm. that spark in general? I know you can't say, well, it's this the same for everybody. Cause it's not, yeah. it depends on what they're trying to achieve.
0: It, that's the, that's the art or the mastery to use that word of, of really, really good coaching. Um, it, one of the things I found very useful of, um, you mentioned that I'm a neural coach, so I've uh, studied the the neuroscience and like the behavioral change science aspect of coaching. So, coming back and you know tying in ideation, this emotional aspect, this resonance for something to really mean something to us, there has to be this emotional connection and our perceptions, our our feelings, our cognitive interpretation of what that thing really means so that we can flesh it out and and move forward with it. But often a question I'll ask at a a beginning of a conversation is, how do you want to feel by the end of this call? And it stumps nearly everyone because they're trying to think an hour or two hours into the future, depending on the session length, right? How do I want to feel? Because then they're going to identify right now how they are feeling. And then we can get into why they're feeling that way. Then we can start picking apart, you know, perhaps the things that have got them to feeling that way. And let's say it's something that's causing them anxiety. Well, if if we can then, through the ideation, get the clarity about the pros and the cons, the problems and the challenges, the, the good and the bad, so to speak through that talking through, there's usually an insight moment. And that might just happen on the client's accord. That might just happen on the way in which I'm picking yep. up, keeping my notes, observing, asking the right kind of questions, or just noticing connections. So it is it's it is an artistic process. It is like painting a canvas. The client shows up and I've got my, whatever you call it, the board with all the paints on it. And I'm putting... Things on the canvas, and then I'm starting to see the picture, and then I'm just like, "Do you remember when you said?" And that's often a moment, I'm like, "Oh, wow!" And it's just like this dancing upright. pride. It's like this freeing, releasing moment. It's like, "Oh, that's isn't that interesting?" Or I actually don't really want to do that. This is the thing I really want to do. So it's. It, it, the, the dart in the bullseye, I can't give you that exact equation. It's, it's a fascinating process to watch. I, I, it's something I love so much about coaching. You never know how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And That's
1: the thing is it is that stepping into it and realizing let's step forward. Let's, mm-hmm. I, you know, let's step into where a good starting point is. And everything else kind of starts to come together, so to speak. Yeah. With, here's my caveat to that. It comes together when you're willing to be coached. Number one. Yes, yes. And when you're willing to go, I'm willing to step into the unknown, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think it's powerful. I mean, I've learned to surrender. Yeah, My um, coach, you know, there's, there's many times I'm like, okay, well, I need this. Really? You need this answer right now. Yeah. Have you given it the room? Have you, um, done everything possible have we explored you know and, and of course yeah. a lot of times i'm like okay no i haven't given it what i need to give it so
0: um so i i i found actually a, a good half of my clients will sometimes experience tears every single time that's happened it's not because it's a therapy session it's i i think very much because of the the, the neuroscience aspect of getting deep into some of the emotions that are the drivers that they they really want to experience, or are the drivers that are the blocks that this is the thing that they're holding on to or this is the trigger that they haven't resolved or really right. looked at or this has been the underlying thing but until they've been able to talk through to get literally it's like let's get clarity and then focus and then direction and yeah. you know all the stuff that happens in between but until you get clear on all the things then you aren't. it's It's like then, okay, I'm finally putting on my reading glasses. Now I can read the words carefully. Well, now I can chart my direction, which is to read across the page and then down to the next line. One step at a time, one word at a time. Well, I like that. One step at a time, one word at a time, one line at a time. And it seems so simplistic, but because we're human beings and we have these phenomenal things called brains and we get in and stuck in our own heads, we literally need another person to act like an impartial, rational, second brain, because you're going to come to your coach with like, ah, 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 which right. is all your emotional reactivity. And we got to calm that down. It's like calming down the animals in the zoo, because when you calm down your reactive brain, then your logical brain can start firing and you can start thinking clearly. It's good stuff, man. All right. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, where's the best place they can reach out to you and, potentially work with you in these arenas. Oh yeah. Thank you. Probably the best place is just to go to my website, Darren Steele, D-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-E-H-L-E dot com. I'm on most social media as well, or my podcast, thinkqueerlypodcast.com. Thanks for being here, man. I so
1: appreciate the conversation again. Me so, too. That was fun. Thank you. Ray. Yeah. Well, have a good day, everyone. And we'll be back in another week with another episode of 40 plus Gay men, gay talk. So go out there, be yourself, dump those excuses, face those fears, and go live your unapologetic life as a gay man. Have a good week, everyone. That's a wrap for 40 plus. Gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed-up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus. Gay Men Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.